the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to our Monday edition of Lifeline as well. Um quiet afternoon. It actually turned out better in terms of the weather than I thought. Glad to have some sunshine and um, uh, tempered weather. Yeah, tempered weather on this Monday edition of Lifeline, January 21st, 2019. Don't have too big of a um, selection of ideas to talk about today. I will be wide open for uh, civil and uh, respectful and uh, beneficial conversation from you if you want to call in and chime in on uh, an empty pot. You can throw some onions in there or perhaps some celery or perhaps some uh, paprika or perhaps some cayenne pepper or perhaps, you know, whatever you want. to. Let's try to create something on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, your host, Jesse Gistan, with you. Glad to be here. The number is one 367 Feeling pretty good, if, uh, if I might say so myself. I hope you are doing well. One of those um, unique Mondays in the, in the sense that uh, <clears throat> it's a holiday. Happens to be uh, across the nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Martin Luther King's. Um, lauded birthday. He wasn't uh, born on this day, but he is uh, being celebrated by many communities around the nation and around the world. And uh, and that, that makes for kids being home from school. That makes for some parents being home from work. That uh, makes for a reflection upon the whole um, civil rights movement, if that means something to those of you who are uh, listeners to this program. And we definitely want to thank God for the uh, the virtues of the civil rights movement and the central governance of Mr. Uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, at the helm of uh, many, many, many things that are yet being discovered in terms of his impact, influence, guidance, convictions, um, strategies, if you will, uh, that really does make for one needing to uh, broaden his or her uh, capacity to to take in the whole civil rights movement, uh, properly speaking, and uh, do what the Bible says, give credit to whom credit is due, and uh, we don't have to <clears throat> go beyond that. But um, I, I'm thankful, I hope you are too, for the uh, measures of progress that we have made since the uh, early days of the 60s, of which I am a product Young man at that time during that era when uh, Mr. King was killed, very much aware of uh, the uh, difficulties of that time and the challenges of that time uh, coming up and having some stint in the South, 
Not so much here in California, though we do have our problems here in California, having some stints in the South, being very much aware of the status quo. I'm very much aware of of different protocols. As I was coming in to the office today, I I, I was uh, pleasantly made aware of just some some personal calls on the part of a number of people to uh, another talk show uh, program that is very popular around the nation and uh, apparently will be around the world with uh, with their iPod ministry. How that a number of uh, very uh, thoughtful, very conscientious, politically uh, active um, Caucasian people who who had made mention that when they were growing up in the South, how that <clears throat> they weren't really even uh, uh, they weren't even adequately exposed to a man for whom, for the most part, at the dinner table and uh, other areas uh, they lived in, that uh, he was demonized and uh, and basically made a caricature out of in such a way that. Uh, that you know, kind of just like a myth, a mythical character of of trouble and and uh, uh, and difficulty, and uh, you know, uh, the kind of individual that's just kind of stirring up the pot with, uh, with 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 young people not really knowing who he was or what he was about or what the issues were, and and then upon his death, uh, they just thought that a criminal person had uh, had uh, uh, had met misfortune. It was really good to hear that because you don't often hear uh, the issues of the civil rights movement from the position of people who um, who who are spoken for instead of speaking for themselves. Um, I've often said it that you and I are in uh, in our lifetime uh, two or three or four or five times over. Uh, we are found in the middle of a war. Somebody else started uh, and we didn't ask to be in that war. They didn't. Uh, they didn't uh, negotiate with us. They didn't ask our opinion. They didn't. Uh, they didn't uh, sign a contract with us. We found ourselves on somebody's team, uh, just inadvertently, just by virtue of providence and happenstance. Here we are. We are either male or female. We are either black or white or color, what have you. We are other are either American or not. And then with those types of specific categories um, uh, <clears throat> accompanying our person, uh, we're on somebody's team, aren't we? And unless we uh, quickly assert uh, independence from those teams, we end up adopting uh, the consequences that come with being on those teams. All that to say, uh, uh, black people have often um have handed to them have had handed to them a, a basic uh, a social framework for how uh, Caucasian people thought and acted during the civil rights movement, never ever being able to fully uh, hear uh, personal testimonies of people who would have altogether loved to have uh, uh, debunked, opposed, uh, maybe even uh, protested against their own uh, their own team, if you will, had they been able to get the facts as to what was really going on in the civil rights movement. Uh, and and that that does mean something in terms of what Christ said: "Judge not, lest ye be what judge." Meaning, you, you, we have to be very careful about taking whole groups and making them the standard and gospel for uh, how to interpret one individual's uh, uh, relationship to a particular issue, whatever that issue may be. 
it is always on the better side of prudence for the believer to be able to talk to people uh, per capita, individually, personally, face to face, mano y mano, in order to know what people have thought, how they have framed it, how they have wrestled, reflected upon and uh, uh, concluded matters like the civil rights movement and uh, and what it will do <clears throat> is show you and me how that. Uh, there is a a, a kind of uh, intruder into our thought process processes called the dialectical process, an intruder into the way we think called the dialectical process, the rhetoric that goes on in the media. That's what I'm talking about. Left and right. You hear me talk about it all the time. Back away from the left and right. Uh, take a position where you can be objective w- with regards to both sides. Determine whether or not you have heard the whole facts uh, facts that are not skewed, facts that are not distorted, facts that are not twisted, the whole facts. That way you can get the good, bad and ugly of both sides. Um, and then this particular. And so I was really I was really blessed by listening to people who said the moment that they were able to peer into the reality of the man, Martin Luther King, for themselves and were able to kind of see what his um his 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 agenda was about his calling was about that they um were sentimental towards many things that he said though their opinion was not asked for at the time and they were appalled at how their own kinfolk uh behaved acted and spoke about the events that gives one hope for a uh, society at least from a strategy of winning people to a, a, a life of civility, honesty, and uh, it's a, an issue that I'm getting ready to work on in our own congregation over the next year, and that's the subject of integrity. Integrity, a profoundly important uh, aspect of our calling is uh, the the matter of, of, of integrity and uh, how uh, the believer is called to 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 integrity and, and what that really means in relationship to, uh, I, w- I would say, um, a happy life uh, and a life of, uh, of fullness, a life of uh, of uh, productivity, a life of peace, joy and happiness. Whenever we <clears throat> whenever we are engaged in a war. Doesn't matter if that war is political, spiritual, if that war is uh, social, if that war is personal. The real thing that we are seeking to recapture um, that has gotten lost in the fray of conflict is really integrity. Yeah. Uh, You see a a fight going on. Excuse me. You see a fight going on occurring. And you're trying to find out how to break that fight up, how to. Uh, disarm these two that are in conflict. And, 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 and upon disarming the two that are in conflict, what are you seeking to do? You're seeking to get at the bottom of the conflict. You're seeking to find out why the fight occurred in the first place. And then you're seeking to bring about a reconciliation of two parties that uh, are harming themselves if, in fact, both parties are um, are honorable and, and, and worthy of, uh, of, of, of honor. So integrity is really like that. Integrity is the idea of uh, overcoming conflict, overcoming the intrinsic chaos and condemnation of our soul, our psyche, our conscience, um, overcoming the intrinsic discontinuity uh, and chaos and, and uh, 
lack of coherence of our conscience and our soul, our psyche, uh, which now is, is draped by the conflict that leads to condemnation. I'm sure you got that. <clears throat> uh, there are some of us who walk in perpetual conflict, perpetual condemnation, perpetual uh, incoherent discontinuity of thought, discontinuity of uh, uh, of character, kind of just an internal war that's occurring that brings about uh, a painful darkness that leads to all kind of aberrant behavior. Uh, basically, it's, it's a kind of self-destructive course of life. When a, a man or a woman does not walk with the uh, inter- integral uh, characteristics that produce harmony and unity within the soul, whereby they are able to walk uh, in harmony and unity with themselves, with a clear conscience, a pure conscience, a good conscience, as the Bible talks about, <clears throat> that person those persons are more inclined to um, engage in aberrant behavior, drinking, uh, drugs, different forms of medicament to, as it were, uh, um, quiet the conscience. But you see, you're, you're, you're in conflict in your conscience because you're not walking in integrity. Uh, no, now, integrity encompasses a lot of things relative to uh, a, a biblical uh, idea of the man or woman of God. It, it means a lot. And I think I'll use this as my monologue before we go to break, just to stir the pot. If I'm a man of integrity, it means I have an operating system that basically establishes for me a hierarchy of values by which I view the world in its best light and my relationship to the world in the appropriate light necessary to enjoy the world in its best light. And, and when you're talking about integrity, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking about really the self-governing, self-honoring, uh, self-developing uh, attribute of character that allows you to operate on principles that um, result in you responding to your world uh, at the best possible um, character you possibly could uh, with the best possible outcome. When you meet people who are able to operate out of a set of values that maintains coherence, uh, the highest order of coherence being biblical principles of which the scripture says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. That basic uh, uh, duality that encompasses all of God's law, love worketh no ill to its neighbor. Uh, love does not impose debt upon itself or upon its neighbor. Love uh, embraces and, 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 uh, and emits, embraces and emits, embraces and emits. That's the nature of love. It's a reciprocal in nature. Love embraces and emits the highest qualities of virtue coming from God to mankind and towards one another in order that we might enjoy the fruits of peace and, and happiness and, and joy. Uh, but that only comes uh, to the degree that each one of us operate out of, set of, out of a set of, a, of principles that biblically is called integrity. Integrity. So, you know, integrity is really important. Integrity is the capacity to maintain an inter- 
an internal uh, coherence and, and continuity of character that's built upon principles that allow you to live right, uh, moral and morally and ethically uh, with a clear conscience that's based upon uh, the highest good so that you can actually experience real joy and happiness. Uh, in that kind of framework of integrity, you're going to avoid self-destructive thought, self-destructive uh, feelings, and therefore self-destructive patterns that when two people engage in a non-integral uh, state of being, conflict occurs. So the people of God are called sons of peace, but that can only occur when there is internal peace uh, for themselves. You meet people that are fighting or in conflict and arguing and debating and and uh, wrathful and contentious. They're in conflict within themselves. They don't have internal integrity, uh, the integral elements of character that they need in order for them to enjoy existing in the presence of God and in the presence of the world in a profitable sense. I'm going to take a break. When I come back on the other side, I'll continue chatting with you on the subject of integrity. I am looking forward to talking with you. Your number, the number here is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline with your host Jesse Gistan. Give me a call. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back to the time 525 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Wonderful day, wonderful day out there today. Um, And we're talking integrity right now. I'm kind of building a a monologue with you. And if you're interested, I will continue. I've got three lines open. Love to get two or three more people on the line uh, before we just start having our conversation. 1-888-367-5329. How important is integrity in the life of the people of God? How is important? How important is integrity in the life of people in general? It's extremely important, extremely important. If, in fact, as I have been basically opening up and giving you kind of a, a yeoman's interpretation of integrity, not not quite ready to get to the classical and lexical definition of it, the idea of an internal coherence, uh, a continuity of uh, character, uh, a unity of uh, of of. Um, the personal convictions that's based upon the higher principles of righteousness uh, by which God is glorified and man is, uh, is, is happy, satisfied in him being created in the Imago Dei. That if men and women were walking in uh, an integrity that is rooted in the universal principles of righteousness as revealed by God to humanity in the heart, because the conscience definitely knows what's right and wrong, according to Romans 2. Um, If men were able to walk in integrity, if they were able to do it, they'd be able to overcome conflicts and and challenges and difficulties without without destruction. Uh, In fact, a lot of times the only way that conflict and and struggle and warfare and, uh, and and destructive behavior is overcome is by one person engaging in an act of integrity, which is what. Uh, is the sum and substance of the proclamation of the gospel. All have sinned. That's a non-integral state of being. All of us as human beings are sinners, and therefore we do not have integrity by nature. Just lay that out right now. By natural um, inheritance, we are sinners, and that means we're broken, and that, that means we walk in a state of discontinuity, in a state of conflict, in a state of incoherency, in a state of spiritual darkness, in a state of internal and personal injurious conflict. That's you, and that's me. 
apart from the grace of God. Now, what makes that particular classification of human beings so problematic um, is when we profess to be people of integrity, but don't practice it. Um, That would be probably the ugly, ugly history of America that really does need to be uh, uh, finally and properly called to the carpet, for which we would, again, affirm the importance of those virtuous acts in the civil rights movement. It was calling a so-called Christian nation uh, on the carpet for some of the most glaring hypocrisy that could ever be perpetrated by human beings on the planet, which is uh, slavery and racism and discrimination and all of that kind of stuff. There's no way that you can reconcile a sound biblical framework of uh, integrity uh, relative to to human responsibility and human uh, interaction as based upon the imperatives of the word of God and say somehow that we're Christian. And that's why God allowed our nation to be disciplined so severely uh, in Abraham's war, as well as during the civil rights movement. And it will again occur because we are, as a nation, uh, anatomically speaking, analogously speaking, uh, schizophrenic. We are uh, dealing with um, a kind of extreme manic depressant state. We are internally in conflict. We are engaging in incoherent thought, incoherent behavior, incoherent actions. That's what we're doing. That's what you and I are doing. We We are uh, struggling with being right. That's the best way to put it. You and I are struggling with being right. And and if we are going to achieve the goal of of the sons of God, as Christ spoke about in Matthew 5, we're going to have to actually face the concept of integrity uh, and begin to work with it. Now, as I had stated, integrity is a call to an inward work of self-assessment, self-development, uh, self-analysis, uh, self-confession, uh, self-yielding, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, um, self-development um, via uh, the work of a virtue outside of ourselves. But I am talking about me. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about us. That's, in fact, what the word integrity means, not extegrity. Integrity. Extegrity would be uh, an influence uh, that would be shaping us outwardly as a scheme, but having nothing to do with us internally. An extegral, an extegral manifestation of behavior would be like the fig leaves of outward self-righteousness when inwardly we are dead men's bones, like Christ described for the Pharisees. But integrity is that inward work of grace by which God calls the believer to a radical um, uh, self-assessment, self-confession, self-growth, self-development, not exclusively by self, but uh, uh, exclusively for self. You and I have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. We have to develop. We have to mature. Uh, The very fact that we would refuse to do so is a lack of integrity. Here's a proverb that I'm sharing with our congregation as a New Year's theme. It's in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3. I'll share a couple of them with you while we are developing some phone calls. And let's see if we can work together this new year to uh, to grow uh, in, in the gospel in a proper way of, um, uh, um, of real and authentic faith. Proverbs 11, 3 says, the integrity, there's your word, of the upright shall guide them. 
The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. There's your uh, there's your um, contrasting parallels. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. Now, the word upright means righteous one. Uh, one who is actually operating out of a perfect state. It's a Hebraism for the people of God who are walking uh, rightly before God with the proper understanding uh, of Torah, um, of the law of God and what it mandates. Uh, so the psalmist, I mean, the proverb says that the integrity of the upright shall guide them. So what, what that means is when your integrity compass is right, you're being guided in the light and you're walking in a way that honors and pleases God and is beneficial to mankind. Now, um, if you put a gospel interpretation on it, which you must, unless you collapse into a kind of legalism and Phariseeism, the integrity of the upright, if that is referring to the believer, and it is everywhere in the scriptures where it's speaking concerning a true and authentic confession to the true and living God. The integrity of the upright is the spirit of the living God. It's exactly right. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he will take the things of mine and show them to you. He will guide you. He will guide you into all the truth. The role of the third person then is to build integrity into the lives of the people of God who are already established upon the righteousness of Christ and thus called the upright. The role then of the tutor, the role then of the teacher, the role then of the pedagogue, the role then of the paraclete, the role then of the spirit of God who is the resident Lord Representing the father and the son, then is to effectually transform the Christian by the power of the word of God in the inner man so that God is working in you, the willing to do of his good pleasure. What does that look like? That looks like you learning how to become a man of integrity. As God had said about Joe, we'll use him as a model and lay down the foundation after the break. I've got two lines open, one 888 And what's so important about our story? If you're a believer and you're wondering why, I'm, why am I in so much conflict, so much internal discontinuity? Why am I in so much mental and emotional and psychological pain? Why am I uh, so, so uh, discombobulated emotionally? Well, because of a lack of integrity lack of integrity two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine i'll be back with your phone calls and a further development of our new year's theme integrity we'll be right back and now back to lifeline the time 530 539 on the monday edition of lifeline two lines open one triple eight Three six seven five three two nine. If you've been listening, you want to chime in on the subject. If you're kind of being provoked by it in a good way, want to hear from you. We are talking about integrity as we are making our way into the new year, wanting to be a bit more um, acutely aware of the dynamics of our own inner man with regards to the kind of choices we make, decisions we make, and how we are affected by things that will come our way as challenges and trials and difficulties to either expose us inwardly or expose us outwardly. Um, If I'm a believer in Christ and um, I'm I'm fairly careless about uh, the concept of integrity, 
Uh, and I have uh, character traits, idiosyncrasies, uh, behavior patterns that really are rooted in my old nature. Uh, and let's say we all have them and, they, and we do. And, and these are sinful tendencies that we really don't care for people to see or know. Uh, but then here comes a particular trial that bumps up against me and I and I blurt out a, a profanity. Um, you know, um, somebody's just got too close to my car, waiting too long at the light or whatever the case may be. Some vain, ethereal, temporal, uh, fleeting moment that really just did provoke uh, me to behave um Unlike my profession of faith as a, as a new believer in Christ, where I would be operating out of a kind of temperance that would be able to maintain my decorum and not not uh, be provoked to some kind of carnal expression because of uh, both discipline and discipline is a fundamental to integrity, as we will talk more fully about. But if I find myself so easily blurting out expletives uh, just because I'm not getting my way because they won't get out of the way, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, am I walking in integrity? Is that an integral part of the believer when we talk about the new man and his call to um, to demonstrate and maintain and operate out of a set of coherent principles that constitute the fruit of the spirit? Your answer would quickly be no. And what would be the impact of my soul if every time I turned around, a small little uh, blip in the road uh, caused me to act in such a way that um, would be embarrassing to me uh, and indicative of a lack of control in my own life? Wouldn't I be walking in some relative darkness? Wouldn't I be engaging in some kind of negligible practices that have not developed me in these ways? Would you affirm that? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You know, we talk about, um, and I've talked about this at the beginning of the year about resolutions and people poo-poo resolutions, and and the reason why is because of a lack of integrity. I can see why people don't want to um, say that they're going to do something when they know that they won't do it. That's not. That's not. That's not integrity. That's just lack of character. Um, integrity is the drive. Resolve, passion, uh, intentionality. I'll deal with the uh, acro- uh, acrostic framework of integrity before we shut our program down. But integrity is the man or the woman or the child even that is given to a set of principles. And uh, and when trials oppose those principles, they yield to those principles uh, in spite of the cost. And that when they seem to have collapsed under uh, the pressure, they know what to do. This is called the mode of application by which we maintain or recover our integral stand. They know what to do to recover so that they don't walk around in self-condemnation because of hypocrisy. I hope you know what I'm talking about. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let me say this and I'll go to the phone lines for a minute. Uh, All of us have potholes in our walk. Would you agree with that? We have potholes. Some of us have major potholes. Uh, Some of us have potholes that are so bad that if we had passengers riding with us in in the in the soul vehicle uh, of our hoopty uh, in our daily life, uh, they would have to sue us for whiplash or our pulse. (laughs) 
post post traumatic stress disorder after a ride after a ride with us they'd have to sue us for post traumatic stress disorder truth be told truth be told um and, and then as a believer we would have to get out of the car walking with stars around our head kind of discombobulated saying oh, 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 what happened well what happened was you did not take care to make your calling and election sure at the level of character. And uh, when you inadvertently or carelessly brought somebody close by, that individual became uh, a victim of, uh, of your lack of integrity. Now that it may, it may have been that may have been funny. I I know we 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 even use some sound effects to kind of build that. But I'm trying to make a point. You don't want that. For somebody you love, you don't want that for somebody you're trying to witness to bring to a saving knowledge of Christ. You don't want that parents towards your kids. You don't want that young people towards your siblings. You don't want people riding with you. And your 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 journey is so chaotic, so disruptive, so bumpy that it offends them at the level of uh, of trauma. When they're done with you, they have to themselves go see a doctor. You don't want that. You do not want that. The believer is supposed to be a monicum of healing. So what we want to do this year is smooth out the road. We want to fill those potholes in. Because God's going to have somebody riding with you. Here's the other thing before I go to the break. God's going to have people ride with you and me in in the vehicle of our journey because we do not live an isolated life. We are not going to be a believer isolated unto ourselves. It's never going to work. God's not going to let you or me or us um, just kind of live solo where we don't have to develop, where we don't have to affirm, we don't have to apply, where we don't have to uh, demonstrate, where we don't have to live uh, according to the gospel. He's going to make sure that people are close enough to see uh, what's really going on, whether or not there's an integrity factor. I want to quote a verse um, that's going to be one of our unpacking verses in about three weeks. You'll hear it on um, on the Way of Grace program probably in about two months. And it has to do with the first of about five characters I'm going to use to develop around integrity. And the first one is Job. Do you remember what God said about Job? Uh, in Job chapter one, that he was a perfect man, upright and eschewed evil all his days. And yet God allowed in his inscrutable judgment, the adversary, the devil, Satan, to come along and disrupt his job, disrupt his family, disrupt his home, destroy his kids. And what did God say about Job in Job chapter two, verse three? Listen to it. And the Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man? One that feareth God, one, escheweth evil, two, and still holds his integrity, three. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard that many times, but slow down, back up. Let that trifecta impact you, okay? And, uh, and, and think about this. What kind of grace is operating in the life of Job to keep him in a coherent clear, conscientious state of faith and character in Christ while he loses everything. And therefore is used by God to be a witness to all of the Middle East 
since the book of Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. And almost everybody knows Yaobi, the Arabic term for Job, Yaobi, because you know our J's are silent. Job, Yaobi. Everybody knows Job. Everybody knows the story of Job. Everybody recognized that Job was a unique, uh, par excellent believer in the days of, uh, of Jehovah, Yahweh. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that Job pointed to the Messiah to come in the context of suffering and maintaining his integrity. And this is what you and I are talking about. God says he maintains his integrity. Now, what kept Job? It's the same thing that's going to keep you and me. It's the spirit of God. For the integrity of the upright shall guide them. All right, got to take another break. Then I'll get to the phone lines. Two lines open still. one 367 Let's go to work. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back, and let's go to the phone lines. Line number one, let's talk to Hassan in Sacramento. Hassan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, man, thank you for your patience. Uh, what's your thoughts, comments, or observations on our topic tonight? Hey, I just want to say that first, uh, this is med. This is medicine because uh, I was just feeling like I was doing everything wrong. And then uh, you said, oh, lack of integrity. Oh, that's it. Um, but I just want to. Um, now, so back ask, up for okay. a moment. I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable right now. <clears throat> yeah. You said you have been feeling like you've been doing everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's start right there because um, that is what is generally called such an overgeneralization that it actually avoids the necessary particulars in order that we might actually get to the root of the problem. So generally a person would make that kind of statement, Hassan, when they are depressed and um, and and so spiritually weak that um, a vigorous and and uh, and and productive self assessment is not possible. A lot of times we can get so down in the dumps and so in a funk that we don't want to actually have to deal with the particulars that's producing the fruits of discontinuity and therefore a kind of melancholy or depressed state. Depression is often a signal of something being wrong, not necessarily something being bad um, or something being uh, sinful, but something being wrong. Um, So I I would ask you, um, would you want to be a little bit more um, specific as to why you would use that um, that sort of overarching term? Well, it really is just um, with interaction with with different people. It, uh-huh. Someone feels like they like uh, they need to correct what I'm doing or saying or how I interacted with someone. You mean like and I so just I did? Think- you mean like I just did? Yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I take it. I take it okay from you because I know you know. Um, you know, know I mean well. You know I mean well. Yeah, you know exactly, okay, exactly. Okay. And so, no, it's just um, again though. I think the integrity piece answered my question because if so many people are touching on what I'm saying or what I'm doing, mm-hmm. it, it must mean that I'm I'm lacking in some in some areas when it comes to integrity. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that I I don't feel down in the dumps. I just it was just like incessant from many directions. Got it. So that's all it was. Got it. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask about uh, this variation. So you said that uh, integrity is an internal 
um, is it like an internal cohesion rooted in um, rooted in higher principles, right? Right. right. So there are and hierarchy of principles too. So I, when I use the term hierarchy, I am talking about a, a level of gradations uh, of specific principle uh, uh, attributes or our virtues that we aspire to, that we know are important to um, to our calling as a, as a believer. And even if we weren't a believer uh, as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a, you know, as a co-worker, as a brother, etc., we have all of these external offices that um, that are attached to my person, Jesse. Uh, you know, if I was living in a bubble and I thought I, I think I talked about that earlier, God just didn't let me live in a bubble. Neither you. So I got all of these responsibilities in my life to which. I got to bear witness um, as to who I am, and it requires a hierarchy of principles by which I can engage all of these different spaces in a way of uh, a personal integrity or else I'm going to fall apart by a discontinuity of character that makes me end up acting one way with one person, another way with another person. And even in the differentiation of all of these people that I may be operating in because I am not walking in a wholeness, a coherency, a continuity, and therefore a kind of simplicity where I am clear on who I am and people are clear on who I am, whether they like it or not, because the end game is not whether or not people like you is the end game is whether or not people know you and uh and and that's the best we can do with people is to make sure we give them our best selves whether they like it or not so that my conscience is at peace with the fact that i didn't convey something to somebody because of a lack of integrity that resulted in them uh being offended or stumbling etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, um does, does that make sense that makes sense and so, sorry, that was, that was good. My question was, how do we avoid, what's it called? How, what's, the, what's the difference between uh, just, um, how can I put it, Rel- I guess relativism, where, um, yeah. so, yeah. But, yeah. and then um, abiding by the law of love. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah. Um, so when people are saying, this offends me, this offends me, uh, even though I don't think it's wrong, by the law of love, I, I, I'm going to have to, if it's reasonable, I'm going to have to go ahead and, um, and come up under that and handle it. Um, but then when do when people sort of po- uh, you know imposing their beliefs? Well, no, this and this, and that's relativism. Wh- where do I? How do I steer clear? How do I navigate? Mm-hmm. Right. So, really- so yeah. The, so you're going to be a perfect person for for the class on integrity, because what integrity seeks to do is engage people um, effectively from a core set of principles that never move. This is the this is the uh, tension of the believer in the world. So the believer is always facing relativism, always facing a society filled with uh, pluralistic contradictions, uh, uh, inconsistencies, incoherencies. It's the it's the it's the image of the fight that I basically um, uh, projected in the opening of my monologue. Two people fighting. One people is op- one person's operating out of integrity. The other person is operating out of an incoherent set of principles by which they were offended because of the person walking in integrity. And rather than uh, asking that person who's walking in integrity, can you actually explain why you did that or said that because what you did and said offended me? Now, we have to be very clear that just because I'm offended doesn't mean I'm right. And just because you offended me doesn't mean you're wrong. So uh, a person of, an in- of integrity would want to try 
try to engage that individual that's offended by maintaining his central core value system and then, uh, as it were, commending uh, the, the, the principle of clarity and the principle of, uh, of communication so that you do not compromise your core values for that person's offense if, in fact, their offense is simply that they got you right. If they got me right that I basically said that there is no such thing as a pluralistic worldview that can result in any kind of harmony and uh, and productivity uh, in a world that was really made for um, a, a singular worldview. That is, God made everything and we're to operate under the auspices of the way God thinks if we want God's blessings. And if we operate out of that in a kind of relativism, well, this is what truth is to me. Well, if I'm operating out of a set of core principles that's rooted in uh, objective truth and you give me your relativism, uh, when I share with you my objective truth principle, you're automatically going to be offended. Now, if your relativism doesn't have within it a set of components that are at least uh, quasi-virtuous, that is to say, I'm a relativist uh, and I'm whimsical and I think that whatever I, whatever I believe, perceive or, 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 or adhere to is, is truth. Uh, and then here comes somebody that says, no, 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 truth is what, not what you just merely think, feel or, um, or embrace or adopt out of your just kind of whimsical mind. Boom, I'm offended. I better have a category of virtue for that offense because my very relativistic position is going to create offenses all over planet Earth unless everybody thinks like I do. Mm. Right? Yeah. So here you are with the relativist. Boy, did I lose you, Hassan? No, you're here. I'm here. Okay. They don't, they so, don't so record something we do. Okay. Right. So the person that's offended may be a relativist. I'm using your example uh, because you're not operating out of his principles, and he's making the assumption that you are. I mean, you should. So he gets mad because you do something a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, and he gets mad at you. Now, is Hassan supposed to? immediately capitulate in the name of love and 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 compromises intrinsic uh characteristics of integrity by which he believes and feels is superior and and incontrovertible or as Hassan uh called upon to say hey can we talk about this i i get the fact that you're offended but um can you tell me why? And then when we hear what that person says is the offense, you and I get to, to uh, ask the question, is this one by which I can just simply take the hit? Um, or should I explain to them the premise of my motives, the grounds of my actions, and and therefore let's try to find a happy medium between uh, who I am and who you are and the offense that took place by your misperception or maybe accurate perception of what I did so that I am not going to compromise in my integrity. And I'm not necessarily asking you, Mr. Relativist, to compromise your integrity, but I am asking you, Mr. Relativist, to think about this. Do you have a category of virtue within the framework of your set of um, hierarchical priorities uh, that makes room for you being offended by something that's not not wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. See, this is in short order. I'd say, OK, you may be feeling bad about that. I'm sorry. But do you know if you're feeling bad? Is 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 because something was wrong? Or are you just. I'm feeling bad because you didn't like what you saw or heard. Yeah. 
Do you see that? Yep. Now that might be a little work, brother, because you know one of the things that um, uh, the majority class will do. And you know, I can carry this right on back over to, uh, you know, this 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 unending multiple uh, gender class identity issue that's going on in our culture right now. As you know, people ha- are, are, are strategically setting up battlegrounds for us misgendering them. The moment that he says that they are them are a spectrum of things that does not correspond with reality. And I like living in the realm of reality, uh, qualifying that by the reality of things as they were designed to be, as I stated last Monday. True is that which is represented by that which corresponds exactly by with the thing that it represents. Don't tell me that you are a man when every evidence affirms that you are a woman. And then somehow you get mad because I say, hey, dude. Uh-huh. Now, you get mad at me if you want to because you're a relativist and you like painting pictures and you want to affirm that those pictures are real. But we know uh, by the uh, <clears throat> logic of it across the world that myths abound everywhere. So you can get mad, but let's talk about why you're getting mad at something that is a mythical relativism on your part. Now, Hassan, hold on. I got to take a hard break, pay some bills. When we come back, I want you to respond to that, okay? Because I don't want you going crazy. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 